Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It is... May May 9th, 2022. We're late, but we're on time by our standards, uh, by British time. Sh- tell us one thing that the British do better than anybody else. Show up late to podcast. That's my vote. But That's uh, right. <laughs> this is Atlanta United MC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. No Tim here tonight. Uh, he is traveling. Took a Mother's Day trip with the fam, rightfully so. Um, saw him in the trap there to start. So maybe he'll tune in and hang out with us with the with the rest of the Kakoma clan. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us tonight. We have a couple special guests, as always. My lovely co-host tonight, down south, Mr. Dan James. How you doing, Dan? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks, Kev. How are you? Good. And tonight we're joined by none other than Mr. Mike Mark Germain. How's it going, man? It's Mike German. You, you all know this, uh, but I uh, I appreciate the gesture. Oh, no, but but seriously, thank thank you guys so much for having me on. No, absolutely, man. It's been it's been a long time coming. I, it's crazy. I was thinking about it before um, jumping onto the broadcast. I feel like you are one of the people that I've known longest in the Atlanta United community since the free art Friday days where Mm -hmm. I met a lot of people that I'm friends with in the city is through that whole scene and community and everything else. And met you and a handful of other folks through there. And a lot of that has just transformed into the Atlanta United community or been a part of that too, which is fun to see. So yeah. Way before we had a team, huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Back in, I mean, I moved here in 2012. So, and I think I started getting into that around 2013. So it's coming up on 10 years now. Um, I've known a good bit of you guys. So, uh, and so the rest of you in the trap. Free on Fridays, you mean for Faddle, right? That's how I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one, Dan. You got it. Hey. 
everybody in the trap, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Some familiar faces, some new faces. Uh, we got Richard Gordon, Brittany S., Poultry Geist, Anthony, um, Elliot Beaven. Like I said, Tim was in there earlier. Uh, if you guys want to join in and hang out with us tonight, be sure to subscribe, hit the bell icon on YouTube, get a notification each and every time we go live, typically on Monday nights, somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 o'clock to 8.15, depending on when Dan can be bothered to get <laughs> plugged in and connected. So my, my son wanted to show me something on Beat Saber, so I couldn't tell him no. <laughs> Have you gotten motion sickness yet from the Oculus? I've fallen over a few times, but not from motion sickness, just from like thinking I'm moving, but realizing I'm not. And then my body just collapsing in <laughs> apoplectic. So, yeah. No, it's awesome. I love, uh, I love the uh, Oculus. Yeah. First time I played it, I did not get the warning to take it in short spurts and we were drinking and it did not end well. It was, yeah, it was six in a year. Real did bad. Did it get messy? It was real bad. Real, real bad. That's disgusting. I need to move the panels here. Mike's got the, uh, there it is. Now we can get the taxidermy in frame. It was getting oh, clipped up there at the top, right? So make sure we, we get it in all its glory there. So, so, uh, big weekend this past weekend. First win in a while for Atlanta. How are we feeling? I am feeling like it was kind of in the works. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It was great. I felt like Chicago just. Well, I can't help. I couldn't help but compare it to Montreal. I just felt Chicago were a lesser team, and it was pretty obvious in the way that they were pressing. Um, but I was, I was real happy with how everything was starting to come together. Yeah. Obviously you can't argue with a, with a four, one win. Uh, I think we still have some stuff to work on, but was a uh, pretty promising seeing uh, us take some riskier passes, try to push the tempo a little bit, not just, you know, the old Frank DeBoer style of passing it around forever and not catching anybody, you know, with their defense not set up. So, so that was good. We did still make some risky passes right into, you know, into defenders feet and giving the ball away a little too much, but you know, like I said, four, one win. Yeah. Can't complain too much. Yeah. I mean, uh, people are going and rightfully so going to put some asterisks around this game. Um, It's against a subpar opponent. And I think that, a win's a win to your point, Mike. I, I think it's a, a great win, certainly for Ronaldo. It gets him some confidence that he needed big time, gets the offense some confidence that they need to that they can capitalize on the chances that they've been creating over the past few weeks. Um, I guess the question for me is did you guys see anything different out of the attack this week? that we had not seen in weeks past, or was it, you know, to Pineda's point in some of the post game press conference that he talked about was this is what we've seen the past few weeks. We've really been building to this. They just couldn't capitalize on the chances. And statistically, it certainly seems to be that way that, you know, XG and everything else that people point to seems to be pretty consistent for the team, but the result is clearly different than the past few results. So I don't, I don't think it's quite the same that we've seen the last couple of games. The big difference, I think, with uh, these Ronaldo goals is a lot of those are like pretty classic Joseph 
goals i feel like like get him you know getting finding that space kind of just behind the line not really doing it with any kind of pace or anything but just you know and i wonder if that is because they're not paying as much attention to him as they would to joseph but i think that that you know kind of shows that the the offense was working a little bit a little bit better, like just functioning well enough to make those opportunities. Cause we have had some chances in the last few games, but those chances that he got on the end of were pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'd say it's, you know, a level better than what we'd been seeing. Well, it also showcased his talent in a way that he hasn't been able to before, right? Like his previous goal was one that kind of fell into his lap on a scramble that he just happened to get the better of. And the other chances he just couldn't seem to slot and put away. And to your point, this is the first game where he not only had a consistent amount of chances, but chances that he was able to capitalize in the run of play. I mean, getting a one-on-one with the keeper, capitalizing on that. um, That's what you really want to see out of your striker, right? Yeah, I thought I felt like we were just getting more guys in the box. I there was yeah. a numerous time numerous times where we had like at least three guys in the box in some place. So it was trying to pull the defense. I mean, there was one point in the match where we had six guys across their defensive line, which we haven't seen in the past few games. Mm-hmm. So that was helping to, you know, help pull their defense apart, make them a little bit confused. Um and I think and to Mike's right, I feel like those were some Joseph-esque goals that we scored. To me, especially the last one Cisneros scored, that was more like him coming around, turning yep. around the keeper and, and putting it yep. in and having... having That was the um, Orlando goal from two years ago or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was, three years ago, you know. But but putting, like, he showed... He had some tap-ins, but then in that respect, in that moment on his third goal, he showed some of his individual skill, which yep. I, I was encouraged by. Absolutely. Uh, I think one of the reasons we were getting numbers in the box, so we had uh, some of our center midfielders, I think it happened on the second goal and the fourth goal, playing a pass and then making a run like, you know, past the other attackers into the box and receiving the ball back. I think Heinemann did it uh, in the last goal, and I know Rosetta did it after that uh, great takeaway by Ibarra. I think it was the second goal, maybe. Yeah, no, I think that was the second one, yeah. Yeah, Obara turning it over and then leading it um, back into, and I think it was Rosetto on that. Uh, yeah, but the, just those center midfielders making a pass and then and then pushing past defenders in both times for whatever reason, you know, Chicago didn't really figure out how to track them correctly and ended up getting in a great spot to create something. I think both of them were on shots that then, or you know, stuff that broke down, but then we had we had more guys filling in the you know flying in ready to pounce yeah and carlos rangel kind of mentions that that he felt like we were playing more through the middle of this game in his opinion and i think it's it's not even so much about playing through the middle but how the team played through the middle i feel like um the entire team was less susceptible to holding on to the ball for extended periods of time and getting themselves into trouble in two-on-one or three-on-one situations and then being dispossessed i feel like the quick snappy passes and the one, two connections on that transitional approach. Once the ball crossed the midfield line was a lot more um, adept at this past weekend than we had seen maybe in weeks prior where one player seemed to hold on to the ball for way too long, got into trouble 
And rather than being able to capitalize on the options he had on either side of them, they were getting ahead of that, which allowed Cisneros the space behind that back line to break through. Whereas before that just wasn't happening as they moved into that transition. Yeah. They were just finally passes just were connecting more. Yeah. Like you would see in the past games, either a defender would jump the pass or it would just be an errant pass. And not that there weren't any errant passes, but it things were just like connecting. Like the, the first Cisneros goal. I mean, it was, that was a beautiful team goal. I mean, it was almost like that Arsenal one they scored over Norwich, just passing it around and then able to, I mean, Cisneros finished it off a little bit more uncleanly, but it was yeah. a lot more dramatic. Um I was, re- I was just so happy to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that – and Carlos gives a follow-up about more pass and go and less dribbles. I think there were certainly the fair share of dribbles throughout the match, but it seemed less a liability in doing so than what it maybe did against Montreal specifically, where Moreno got the goal and then got himself into a lot of trouble that followed that, where he was just consistently seeming to get into trouble or take too much on his plate and not being able to do much with it after the fact. So, Yeah. What did you think about that, Mike? Would you feel like we were more pass and go or less dribbles or? Yeah. I I mean, a little bit. I, the main thing that I noticed was that, kind of the you know the higher risk passes that were coming off a little bit more like there was still a few that like we're saying that sort of got a little too comfortable played a few passes and just wanted to keep it moving and just ended up giving it away but a lot of times they were really trying to push it into tight gaps you know people finding a little bit of space trying to sneak it in there and you know when when those are coming off more it it opens up the it opens up the defense uh you know, there was still a little bit of dribbling. There was a, a time uh, I just rewatched the uh, like 15 minute highlight version, so I've got some fresh memories. But uh, there was a uh, had a pretty bad giveaway right on the outside of our own box that led to a shot. Uh, I thought he played pretty well overall, but there was still some. Uh, Araujo is uh, to me still doesn't look great, but is looking better and better. And you can see that once he, you know, he's going to be awesome at some point. He. What I love about him and Almada both are their resiliency when they are dispossessed is it's not like, oh, the ball gets stripped away from them. They just kind of give up on the play. I feel like consistently they're tracking back with this like intensity mm-hmm. that they're dying to get the ball back and, and fighting tooth and nail to get it back and win it back. And both of them seem to be on the better end of that more times than not. Yeah, that. Almada was, he was fantastic. There was one point where he got on the ball, picked it up like in the, in our half, and then just dribbled it with speed towards, um, I think it was like an Araujo turned it over and got it to Almada and then he just picked it up. It was almost like he looked like Almiron in that moment that he was going so fast, dribbling straight towards goal and then put in a pretty speculative shot which you know was pretty close it hit the hit the support netting at the back um, yeah he he had Gutman open on the left but we 
we've seen yeah, how he had a few has been, been finishing lately. So probably, <laughs> you know, Almada's going to hit one of those at some point. Which is Carlos Rangel's point. Carlos coming with the bangers tonight. Uh, how many more games until Gutman scores a goal? I mean, seriously, how he, he should have he should have had one on that uh, that header off of the oh Adaruju cross. No, it, it was that a little glancing crazy, header. Oh, crazy save is the only thing. Oh. I, like obviously he missed that that one that he shot into the you know Outer over space. the supporter <laughs> section or whatever. But uh, that header was awesome. He. You know, he, he deserved to get one on that. I think he's he's in the right spot so often that he's going to get some. His finishing hasn't been there yet, but, you know, he's always hustling down there and making stuff happen. So he'll, he'll definitely get a goal soon if we, if we continue to create chances. Yeah. I, just yeah, I feel that. like he's got such a difficult job to do anyway. Like he's, he's responsible for being a primary defender. He's responsible for being, you know, a primary winger on the tack and, you know, when he gets in front of goal, he's maybe he's just thinking too much because of the amount of thinking that he has to do all the way you up know, the pe- field. People people gave Bello a hard time for not finishing more of his chances, but it's, it was the same thing. You know, he's doing so much over there. Uh, that said, I think that <laughs> Gutman probably has three times as more chances inside the 18 in – what is it? Ten games now this season than Bello had in three years. I mean, it's just ridiculous how often he seems to be right place, right time, and just a little bit short of, of capitalizing on it. So, it's it's just a matter of time. It's it's a matter of time. He's going to keep being there, and the team seems to be revolving well around that. Um, which I feel like is probably, you know, I said it a couple weeks ago that I think Gutman's the best left back we've had. I think certainly now uh, for sure that I can comfortably say that. And I think it's for all of those factors. I mean, I, I don't know of a left back that's consistently found himself in the opportunities to not only make plays defensively, but offensively that Gutman has just in 10 games. I mean, Garza had a half a season where he wasn't injured. He looked uh, pretty, pretty <laughs> that's good. True. That's true. That's true. Well, at this point, that's um, – that's half of the team, right? Like if you can get through not just half a season, but if you can get through half a game without being injured in this roster, you're you're winning at this point because woof, it is getting to be tough. Go. What what happened last week, Dan? That we I said Atlanta United. We were talking about the roster and how we haven't had two games in a row where Pineda's had the same lineup. And I said, well, we haven't gone two games in a row without an injury. And somebody said, well, what, what about this week? I said, this is one game, and here we are again mm-hmm. with. Even worse injuries and worse so, news to report. I think part of the thing that's happening with the, you know, the consistency and the the continuity of the team is that now almost any any combination of players out there will have played together at some point. Now that we've had to rotate yeah, through everybody, that's true. there's that's no point. combination left. Where you know, so I think we're going to start to see some more chemistry almost no matter what, unless we got to start bringing in brand new people from the twos or something. Uh, at yeah, this rate, you know, we might have to just I'd, to fill I'd, out. But I'd, I'd like to think the uh, you know our chemistry issues are going to get sorted out just by uh, by default. It's like when you do like in FIFA 06 or in the old FIFA games where you would rotate your squad through just so the team chemistry would never drop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. yeah, I mentioned it briefly, but um, a really, really heartbreaking injury this past weekend. As great as the win was, I can't help but feel like it was a little overshadowed by the Miles Robinson injury. Not just for, um, 
his absence with Atlanta United and obviously what the team will feel without him being back there, but with all of the efforts that he's put in to earn himself a starting spot with the U S men's national team and in a world cup year, no less to have that injury that he's most likely going to miss is it's, it's a bummer. Mike, that was a heck of a neck crack that I just yeah. had then. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, I didn't mute that. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Um, <laughs> It's like, oh, that's impressive. I can't do that. Um, and it totally derailed my train of thought. Yeah, that was – I'm really glad I didn't watch this game live and just watched it back at a regular pace because um, I was at a party for the like a Kentucky Derby thing on Saturday and uh, was kind of following on my phone, and then I saw Robinson went off, and then I was just thinking about it the whole night. Like, oh, my yeah. gosh, I can't, I can't believe this happened. And then for – I can't imagine that – I can only imagine that the stadium morale was so low after they just equalized, yeah. Robinson had gone off, and then Ibarra was having issues too. And it was until Cisneros put the second goal in, surely that the uh, attitude would have – would have. And then Wiley's limping around. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I'd have been throwing. Yeah, have, have we heard anything about that about that injury? From what I heard in the post game, I think it was just minor. Um, from what Pineda was saying, like he didn't like to bring players off, and especially since Wiley had just come on. But it sounded like he just wanted to be extra precautious because of the circumstances around the team, but didn't think it was anything severe. So, yeah, that, well, let's that, hope he's all right since we got shipped Mulraney off. Well, I, I tweeted about it <laughs> that night. I, I'm i starting to think that that was just to cover the medical bills for most of the roster <laughs> at this point because they are certainly racking up. No wonder that we got Piedmont as a sleeve sponsor this season because they are getting every bit of that publicity here mm-hmm. on the team. Yeah, it's so appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really I, – I – Man, I hope he can come back in time for the World Cup. I feel like, and not not just because I want. I mean, I don't want Atlanta United to sell him. Really, I love Miles Robinson, but that is such a could be a potentially a career defining tournament for him. Yeah, uh, and to have it taken away over that is is just awful. So, I mean, all you can do is just hope and pray that he can make that. Is it? The turf. No. No. Come on, Kev. I'm asking. I'm asking. I want to know. There's theorists out there that say it is the turf. Is it the turf? Is it not the turf? I did I did a deep dive uh after I was hearing all this. Uh and I think I think it's called like uh hold on a second. Yeah, American American soccer analysis did a thing a few years ago where they looked at a bunch of a bunch of different studies. Uh it was kind of mixed results. They went through, saw some and said turf like might affect it a little bit positively, some a little bit negatively, some like were like certain kinds of injuries might be a little bit more on turf, but it was all close enough to essentially be negligible. Yeah. Was, yeah. That was their conclusion was no, nothing, you know, throughout all these studies, nothing is indicated more one way or another. And yeah, that's, plus, I mean, Seattle, Vancouver, Portland, they all play on the exact same, the exact same product. 
I uh, say it in jest. I, I don't genuinely think it's the turf, but that's what people people are going to point at anything, whether it's the the fitness, you know, coaches, if it's the turf. It, it is shocking that the team has got three players with the same injury out for the season, um, much less the number of injuries that the team has had in general this season. Um it's it's rare to see that much of a roster get depleted by injuries that Atlanta United has this season for whatever reason. But I don't think it's the turf. No, I don't know I, what it is, but I don't think it's the turf. It's just really bad luck. It's a curse. It's a plague. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I that mean, captain's I, armband, man. I'm telling you. I mean, that's what I said yeah. last week. But ugh. so speaking of which, who do you think picks up the armband on Wednesday? I don't want to say. Hopefully, I don't want him nobody. to take it. Nobody. <laughs> I think did did I read somewhere that nobody put the armband on after Miles went off? That's that, what I that had true? on the yeah. full timer. That was that was a smart just move. Just went back with him. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> we just go tomb of the unknown soldier with that armband, man. Like nobody knows where it is. Nobody knows who it is. We just we just keep yeah. trotting on out there. Maybe right. we retire it. I've got the sage out here. We're gonna. Oh, we're gonna nice. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody with that hair, you hippie. That's not Sage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh Brittany, nobody gets the armband. Uh Mills, uh Mills, man, hadn't seen you in a while. Uh Christian Mills saying Brooks, he thinks, in his opinion, should get it. Um or Elliot Beaven with the suggestion of Franco potentially getting it. Um, I think Franco probably – no, I think Brooks is probably the person that has the longest tenure in the lineup at this point, right? Because he came in before Franco mm-hmm. did. Yeah. So, he seems like that kind of player too. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I would agree with that. I think Brooks, but then uh, I was kind of just swirling around in my mind like – when when Dijon came on, he was, I mean, he really helped solidify the defense and was communicating and directing the defense to um, to shape up and had a great game. I was like, it, wouldn't it be weird if like <laughs> he got the armband because he's like thirty one? I mean, it it kind of makes sense on paper, but then you see like his appearance numbers, and it's like, well, maybe not, but. Maybe well, he's the numbers are about to go up because he's going to have a starting position going into this week. Well, maybe he's the savvy veteran that we lost in Aussie Alonso. Yeah. I feel yeah. like uh Sosa or Heinemann are possibilities, but neither of them are back starting yet either. So no, no. So, and to my, yeah. And then my second thought was why am I only thinking about um, people who have English as a first language being captain? So I was trying to check myself. So, because yes, yeah, so sir, I mean, he's he's learning English. Not that that's a pre-qualifier to be a captain, but he, I would, I guess, I don't know as much about them as uh, in a social aspect as I do with the others, since they're the others are the ones talking to the media. Yeah, all the, all the good captain candidates are are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really don't know who it is. I think Brooks is probably the safe bet to, you know, if I was guessing, I would probably say him. Um, he he's, he's been a staple in the lineup as long as he's healthy and has certainly shown it 
throughout the past few seasons. I mean, last season under Heinze, he was in there with Cass, I feel like, on every part of his body with a black eye and continued to play through it. You know, he's just that type of player that always wants to be there and contribute and certainly um, has that leadership role within the team. The question is, I mean, I don't think we're going to need to know this answer for who the captain is for very long. I mean, I think that Joseph is, what, now three weeks away from what we had been told originally of that six-week time frame. So, you know, it's not going to be too much longer before we at least get Joseph back in the lineup, we would think. Um, I, I don't think – I know that Guzan's out now for the season. You would expect with Miles supposedly having the same surgery today, he's going to be out for the season as well. But – I don't know what this team does now. Um, last week we're sitting here saying to hell with getting a keeper. We need a, we need somebody as a, a strike to back up up front for, for Joseph Martinez. And then out of nowhere, here comes Cisneros really cementing himself. And then you've got miles Robinson going out on the back line and Bobby Shuttleworth, who I don't know about you guys. I still feel really uneasy about on the back line. Yeah, I'm I, think not, I think he's done all right. He's know. done all right, but he's not been <laughs> – I mean, he's not been a starting keeper in my opinion. You know, he's the, – the few times he's gotten tested, he's come up short in my opinion. Should have kept Cam. Um, yeah, I'm not super high on Shuttleworth either. So in, I didn't realize that um, Sol, Solnina – in the Chicago goalkeeper was only is only seventeen. Yeah, yeah. And he beat out Bobby Shuttleworth for the starting job. Oh, I didn't realize that in Chicago. I didn't realize I knew he was it seventeen. Either. Yeah. So <laughs> we got Chicago's backup in goal, but um, he. I mean, he's. I guess he's serviceable. Maybe he just hasn't like cemented himself in our hearts. Plus, you know. Um, from the emotional standpoint, you've got the stash on the bench. So it's true. Uh, rationale be damned. Put the put him on. You know. Yeah. Another interesting question from Carlos. Man, really racking him up tonight. Even with four season injuring four season ending injuries, I think we can still make the playoffs. What do you guys think? Um, right now, Atlanta is currently sitting in seventh in the East, just above the playoff line. Um, where do you think the season's headed? Atlanta making the playoffs or will they fall short? I think we'll make the playoffs. We we got a lot of points off of some pretty yeah, mediocre performances early on that I think, you know, those are the kind of wins and stuff you need to get your point total up. But uh and then we lost a couple where we, you know looked okay like we we could have won with some better some better finishing some better luck you know a little bit you know crisper attack uh i think you know judging by this game i think if we keep you know keep moving forward we're gonna get some more wins hopefully you know defense doesn't totally fall apart without miles but i i think i think we'll make the playoffs sort of uh you know so many teams make the playoffs or you know probably probably finish fifth or sixth in my opinion I mean, look at Cincinnati sitting up there, sitting high up in fifth right now in the East. I mean, who saw that coming? Not me. Not me. Um, 
Yeah. The couple of teams below the playoff line right now, um, Charlotte, Columbus, DC, it's as it has been in years past. And obviously we're only 10, 11 games into the season. Um, but about a third of the way through the season at this point, um, pretty close race in the middle of the table between fifth and 10th only being a one game difference, essentially separating those teams. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think I agree. I think that certainly getting Joseph back will help. I think the front office will make some moves in the summer transfer window and maybe bring in another backup center back. I think that that is probably the biggest focus for the team right now, because I don't know. I mean, who do you, what do you think, Dan? Do you think it's going to be I, – I, my thought is that it's probably going to be Campbell and Franco whenever Campbell's healthy, or do you think that you go with the more veteran stewardship of DeJohn back there with Franco like what we saw at the end of the game? I think you see – I mean, depending on how long it takes Campbell to get back, I think you see – I mean, you're going to see DeJohn and Franco. So yeah. it you see how that pairing goes, and then maybe you – so maybe you have a, another lineup conundrum or the John and Franco have shut every game out that they played together. So, yeah. you know, how do we rotate Campbell in? And if we get further into the open cup, then maybe that becomes an easier decision to make. Um, the other thing is, I mean, Noah Cobb's been signed on emergency loan once, um, whether they do it again. And then I think they have a maximum of four emergency loans per player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, do you bring him in rather than going out and signing a center back? And walks was completely sold now, right? He's no longer. He, he was, yeah, he was through the expansion draft. They picked. That's, that's what it was. Him. Yeah, that's right. So that's they right. took that. Then they take everything. They so take the there's another that. guy with the twos. I forget his name right now, but he is basically on loan from, from the first team. And they were saying once the, uh, the next window opens up, we can recall that loan and have, have him back. Yeah, I'm assuming we'll. Yeah, I'm assuming we'll free up more space with what is inevitably a a Miles Robinson season-ending list report if he's going through that operation and everything that we heard. So we've at least got two more roster spots that'll free up with both him and uh, Guzan being out for the season. So okay, so that so Mike, to your point on Bryce Washington. So as he's on loan, it wouldn't make sense to make him an emergency signing, would he? If well, we I, th- I think you still could up, up uh, until I'm, – I'm not sure when that window opens, but you could do that. Like you, you get like a certain number of those and you can sign them up for, you know, like a, on a game-by-game basis. Isn't that how it works? Some of them, yeah, it's like a few days, I think. Interesting. But I don't, I don't really know anything about these guys at the twos. No, I don't. I'm not that hardcore. No, me neither. Me neither. That's for the Jason Longshores of the world. I can't. I was listening to, uh, I think, Five Stripe Final earlier, and they were, they were talking about Sosa being a possible option at center back. And I know yeah. he did. He played a lot in the middle of a three back, and I feel like that's kind of his. I, I don't know how he would do as one of two guys back there, he might, you know, he might do all right. Obviously he'd be able to play the ball out of the back pretty well. Uh, I think, I think he'd be maybe serviceable, but I don't think that's ideal. No, especially whenever you have like, you've got three back there. Um, 
the question is, is that enough? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the, I, the way I this is with this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I feel, I feel okay about our midfield depth with knowing that Hosetu and um, Ibarra seem to be doing okay right now. And that seems to be the trajectory that Pineda's going in as far as starting lineup and that you've got Heinemann and Sosa on rotation there. Uh, I could, I could easily see Sosa really taking that spot from Ibarra uh, based on what we've seen out of him in the past. I think that having him there maybe helps back up your center backs a little bit more to, to, make up for that lack of depth at that position. However, your center back position, I think is probably your weakest right now, aside from your left back, especially, but at the same time, you know, you've got Wiley, you're assuming he's not going to be too hurt. Um, I know that Mikey Ambrose is sitting there somewhere on the bench or on the twos somewhere. Um, Striker, you know, you've got Cisneros really stepping out of his shell and everywhere, up past that center mid seems to be pretty stocked and loaded. So I think you've got to go for center back and maybe a keeper in the transfer window personally. Yeah, I think they'll probably, <laughs> part of me thinks they're going to be bring in another winger or something. I'm not. Well, what, a, what about Chole? Is he coming back ever? Remember that guy? He should be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it just depends on what the options are, because if you can find a way to upgrade, you know, you want to have, because what do we have, three spots on our roster open right now? In the summer, if you want to upgrade, like I would imagine if if Harpy comes in, I imagine he's an upgrade over someone mm. like a Chol or, um, man, who else? I guess it's just Chol, our winger depth is yeah. getting thinner now. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about, about Harpy? And Tyler Wolf, I guess, right? It'd be oh, yeah. Chol, oh, yeah. Wolf. So I don't really know much about Hoppy outside of the Gold Cup, Mike. Yeah, I like I what I saw know. from him. I like I like his uh, his mentality. He's you know really really goes for it. Kind of uh, has an edge to him. Was has gone through streaks where he was couldn't they couldn't nobody could stop him from scoring goals. But uh, you know it'd be interesting to see how he would fit in. But I I, th- I think he's good. I make all my decisions based on everything else in life, and it seemed to do me pretty well so far, which is based on Tim's recommendations. And he said he looked really great, so I'll take his word for it. He seems yeah. to know more about those things than I do. So what what happened to Wolf? We He was starting a bunch of games early on, and then as people came back, has he been on the bench? Is he not even on the bench anymore? No, I think he, he is. Did, um, he, didn't he do a, a international U20 Cup or something like that? I know that Pinedo was speaking highly of him just this past weekend. So I know that he's still in that lineup and, and in the roster rotation. So I know that he's he's not out with any sort of injury or out for lack of development or anything like that. I think it's it's something like what Dan's saying or just circumstances. Yeah, it was the uh, CONCACAF U20 championship. Uh, that was the towards the end of March. Um so I'm not sure. Qualification the United States. So I'm not sure where he's been in the past um, few weeks. Oh, this is a good one from Elliot Beaven. Should Conway start for the Open Cup game? 
Well, if Dwyer, mm. if Dwyer's healthy, get, give him that start again. He he did well. I thought I thought he had turned a corner, and we we're like, you know, thought, thought I completely agree. I think you start Cisneros, um, but I think Dwyer gets at least all of the yeah. second half. Um, I think that I I want to see Cisneros keep building on it and and keep getting those reps and and keep finding his groove in that front line and open cup is certainly, I mean, it's not like it's against a Chattanooga, right? Like you're playing against Nashville. It's a big game. I think you keep your starting lineup as what it's been uh, knowing that it's a huge game. And if you can get through Nashville, you've got a little bit of an easier uh, back half of the tournament. So I I say you keep Cisneros in to start. And then um, depending on how the first half goes, you can rotate Dwyer in in that second half just to give him a breather because you don't want to run him too ragged. But that would be my opinion. What do you think? So I think we start everybody who finished the game against um, oh, who finished against the game. Chicago. Because, well, you can't start Miles. So Ronald uh, Hernandez. Well, yeah. Oh, no, uh, no. So I'm sorry. That's not right. So I'd do Cisneros, Moreno, Armaldo, Arujo, Rosetto, Ivara and Gutman to John Franco and Lennon uh, with Shuttleworth in goal because, you know, we've talked about every single week, we've talked about the lack of consistency. So if we've got some even... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If it's a midweek game, you know, Tata would do this. He would just play the guys this the same lineup. I thought I thought Ibarra and Josetu got subbed out for Sosa and Heinemann. They did. I I didn't mean to finish the game. I think that whoever I, started I you meant whoever I'm started the game. You play your first choice yeah. lineup. Yeah. All I all survivors so from the starting all lineup. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I think to to help build on that consistency. I mean, and and then play him again on the weekend. As much as I love the Archie Eversole, we ready. I think at this point we just got to go with the Akon and Young Jeezy Soul Survivor. I think that's what our new our new intro music needs to be for every game. So just gonna throw it out there. Jeezy's got Atlantic connections, right? I have no idea who that is. Yeah, really? He's from Atlanta, I think. That's what I thought. Um. Yeah, I think that I agree, Dan. I think you just go with your starting lineup that you had. Um, keep building that consistency. Keep building those reps, particularly for players. Like I said, Cisneros, you really want him to keep going down the path that he's he's starting to get comfortable in, in my opinion. So, because um, the the other thing, because the other thing we don't know is like, so this is Nashville's first ever Open Cup game, true. so. 
you don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to lean on their depth? Are they going to focus more on the league? I feel like Atlanta United, I mean, Pineda said he wants to win the thing. So I feel that's what you should do. Is Nashville in the same mentality? Are they going to play depth? Are they going to play their starters? You don't know. So if we're going to, I mean, Nashville has caused us a ton of problems in the past. They're a fantastic team. So I would just go in full ball. Yeah. Yeah, just just do what's working right now. And I think that the rest of things will follow, you know. Um, you don't want to go in there and sort of get your locker room into this headspace of that the Chicago game was a fluke, right? Like you want to put yourself in the best position to repeat that performance against arguably a better opponent. Um, that you can springboard off of during regular season play. And I think that the only way you can do that is by putting your best line out there, lineup out there to start with. So we'll see though. Um, yeah. Elliot mentioned Wiley's injury. I don't know. I don't think that it's severe. I don't know how severe it is. I have not seen an update there. Um, Matt Wisniewski saying he really hopes that we push for open cup. It's the easiest pass to CCL. That's another thing we didn't talk about last week. We were, we joked about it, that there hasn't been an MLS team to actually win CCL. And then Seattle goes out and does the unthinkable and wins it last week. So pretty awesome to see that. Yeah. That was an incredible feat. Like I can watch, I can watch the game, but um, from hearing about, the two severe injuries that they got um, early on in the game and Schmetz's subs really working out to uh, put the sword to Pumas. I mean, that, I mean, I'm happy for him. That's fantastic. And I was thinking, you know, me and Carlos were thinking, you know, we didn't want um, Seattle to win, but now it may actually attract more higher end players to the league because they've seen that MLS can win the champions league. Oh, I, yeah. I root for MLS teams every every year in the CCL. I'm glad I'm glad we won. I've been been on the wrong side of that for I don't know how many how long. Well, I mean that's that's the reasonable approach, <laughs> Mike. Uh huh. What's the COVID news that happened with Seattle CCL final? I did not see that. Of course, Tim is coming in here with information and things that he wants us to talk about but can't be bothered to join us tonight so mm-hmm. that's convenient just just keep throwing things out there that nobody knows about like references to olympus has fallen but you really talk about some zombie moving movie or whatever fallen yeah i, I, don't, so I can't i was listening to that i was like what are they talking about and then i was in I was in Shreveport and I was working in the studio where they shot some of that movie. So they had the poster on the wall. I sent it to you guys. I was like, this isn't the movie y'all were talking about. What the (laughs) hell is this? I just completely derailed. Tim was talking about a movie that I think is called Fallen. That's some zombie movie or something. And I just completely, every time we tried to make a point, just derailed him and brought up a different movie. And ultimately we landed on Olympus's Fallen. So that's the way it went. (laughs) (laughs) um all right so who we got so we got nashville wednesday right isn't that match wednesday night it is wednesday night in nashville um oh sorry it's a demon movie it's it's like (laughs) devil from m night Shyamalan. that's what i remember talking about so (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, we've got the Dan. Do you have a healthy load for us tonight? Have you are you ready to preview Nashville and is it a, New England? Is it New England this weekend? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think look. it is. All right, hold on. Let's get it ready. Oh, oh, here we go. Two games in one weekend. That's not for Not for me. He thrives in adversity. He demands additional weight because he can always carry a heavy load. Can you? Get ready. Here it comes. Oh, I don't have anything. Really? Nothing. Yeah, no. I just wanted to hear your, hear your intro. It's really good. <laughs> Come so next on, week when I have man. something, it's going to be awesome. Come on. I mean, I, I know. I, I just got busy with stuff. I promise really? this this usually doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. What's <I know. laughs> well, the first time it's ever happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you so we have no information, which is basically what I'm working off of every week. We make a prediction. I will say, I think Tim was one of the only people I believe he did call a Cisneros hat trick against um, Chicago this past week. I believe he said that, um, but I can't oh, remember. Did, and I don't. I think I, he did. I think he did. So. Um, like I said, this these score predictions are always a, a shoot in the bucket. If you were to guess, though, for Nashville, what way do you see that game going? And then we'll we'll lead on to the New England matchup this weekend. Are you talking um, to me or too much? I don't know. Whoever wants to talk, I can start. I know all the stereotypes about Nashville. They they defend well, try to attack on the counter. <laughs> I think it's going to be. You know, that doesn't really line up well for us where, you know, it's hard for us to play against teams that stay back and counterattack. Uh, think, I think we'll get lucky, pull out a goal, 1-1, and then what happens in this if, if it's tied? Is it, mm. is it like somebody has to – You got to go to over, overtime right. and then PKs. Goes to overtime. Yeah. No yeah. goals in overtime. Because uh, didn't we go to PKs against like Charleston Battery a couple of years ago or something stupid like that? Maybe. Anyway, I think it, would, it goes to I think it goes to PKs. That's my prediction. Uh, oh, that's hard. Atlanta wins it in PKs because wow. Shuttleworth comes up big. Wow, I'd love Actually, to see or it. maybe maybe it's not even Shuttleworth. Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's Rocco. Rocco. Oh wow! It wasn't wow. He, wasn't that Rocco up, comes up big in Champions League? That was Champions League. Okay, but he's he's built for for tournaments, right? Is that yeah. what what we learned? That's, That's it. right. Yeah. Rocco so, comes up with a save in PKs and cements himself yeah. as Atlanta United yeah. starting keeper going into the weekend's matchup. That's what and I'm, then we never like play that. him again until the playoffs, and then goes on and wins <laughs> it all. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I hope it we've doesn't... never been into PKs in U.S. Open. What? But we did go into extra time against somebody that was not great. It might have been Charleston Battery or somebody. I know that we. Definitely went into extra time, and I and I can't remember who it was. And it was like two years. It was pre-COVID, obviously, because that was the last time we played it. But man, I hope it doesn't go to penalties. Uh, it's. I mean, I guess it all depends on what what lineup Nashville are going to pull out. Is it going to be full strength or not? If it's full strength, then I 
could potentially see it go into penalties. And then um, I would hope Atlanta United will win because I feel like we should want it more, um, depending on on what Nashville wants. So I'm going to say if we go full strength, which I think we should, I'm going to say we win it 2-1. Brittany S. says the same. 2-1 Atlanta. Elliot Beaven, 4-0 Why did she capitalize the L? She's done (laughs) capital A, lowercase t, capital L. Come on, Brittany. Or is she saying Nashville wins? Oh yeah, it's like the AT takes the L kind of yeah. deal. Like she's saying Nashville ones. I got it. Um two one Atlanta for Brittany S. Four nil Atlanta from Elliot Beaven. Yes, it was extra time in 2019 against Battery. He confirmed. Um I will say that I'm still unconvinced of Atlanta's run of form. And while I think that Atlanta picks up a win this weekend at home against New England, I think that their U.S. Open Cup hopes are dashed this week by Nashville. Um, they, they've seemed to consistently play us well. I don't think that we're at our best right now. I think that Nashville wins that 2-0. That's going to be my call for Wednesday. Mm. Um. I don't think that works, Mills. One one draw, nobody advances. Uh, Matt Wisniewski seems to be kind of thinking the same. Um, one nil Nashville in just one hundred three two to the good guys. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'd I'd love to see the team continue forward and and get a CCL draw. I with everything else that's gone on this season, the the thought of making it all the way to the cup potentially fielding an entire squad to make it all the way to the cup seems less and less likely, but um, winning open cup would be great and going on another run and and maintaining the trophy uh, back-to-back tournaments would be awesome. But I I don't know. I just don't know. I, I don't think that Chicago was the best barometer for where this team is at right now. And I think that, the Nashville game will tell us a lot more if they can come out and do and pull the same result against Nashville or, or win convincingly. And, you know, by two goals or even, you know, really lock it down for a one goal win. That's a completely different story, but winning against Chicago at home uh, the way they did. I I don't know. I'm just not buying it right now, but we'll see. Um, Well, I hope hope that you're wrong, Kev. It is a Wednesday night and it's not a long travel for Atlanta. And I don't know who did Nashville just play. I meant to look at that. What um, They played uh, Real Salt Lake and beat them 2-0 at home. So this will be their third home game. Right. The second right. in their new stadium. So this is what worries me is if you look at Real Salt Lake and their recent match, let me do Dan's homework for him again. Um so Real Salt Lake, who is sitting fifth in the West right now, you look at the stats for that match against them. And for the points that we had made previously, I think that the real test for Shuttleworth is probably going to come against Nashville at home. Um, he hasn't had a whole lot of games with teams putting a consistent amount of threatening shots on target 
over the course of an entire match. And whenever you look at this Nashville Real Salt Lake game, Nashville had 21 shots and 10 of which were on target and maintained possession for 54% of the match. So I think that it's a game that can really, really challenge us defensively already in a weakened state. Um, and Shuttleworth, who has not really come out and sort of had that standout performance yet, maybe this is the game that he has it. But looking at Nashville, knowing our track record against them, it leaves some cause for concern for me anyway. So, so you're you're know. looking back and seeing all these scores of these games against Nashville. You're probably forgetting the Honey Mukhtar like ridiculous goals that he you know, that are completely unrepeatable. Like no, things where the, ball, the ball bounces off of three defenders and lands at his feet with an open goal. Like, I feel like that's how they've scored every goal against us is by some miracle. Absolutely. And I don't take anything away from that, but at the same point, like Bobby Shuttleworth isn't, isn't saving the goals that he, that aren't miracle saving goals to begin with. I don't expect him to save a miracle goal either. Um, you know what I mean? Like that's where I feel like there's just too many question marks around the back line and around our keeper right now to say that, yeah, I know that we've got the best guy back there hands down and and nothing gives me cause for concern about that. Cause looking back through recent matches, Atlanta United's not fielded a team that's had more than five shots on goal in weeks. I mean, Miami had two shots on target, uh, Montreal had five on target. Several of those were very, very soft, easy catches for Shuttleworth and goal Chicago having two, you know, it's not like he's really been put to the test. So to your point about Mukhtar putting in wonder goals, um, you know, aside from that, they're still putting 20 shots and 10 on goal in a game just two days ago, you know, in the game before that they had eight on goal, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to see. I was drawing a lot of conclusions based on one one goal I could remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what this show's all about. You just take a stance based on one thing and you dig your heels in and fight tooth and nail for it. But listen, here's something important. We, we all agree Almeida is better than Barco, right? Oh, yeah. Do, do we like him better? It's more it's more enjoyable to watch him play? Yeah. Or is that? Mm-hmm. All right. He's a lot more direct, I find. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like he's linking up plays, making more of the dangerous passes. He he in his first couple of games, he you know I was a little concerned because he wasn't you know really doing anything. He wasn't taking anybody on, wasn't making any you know dangerous passes. Was just kind of doing all the simple things and you know just just playing fine, but. These last few games, man, every every game he's looking better and better. I feel like he could, you know, could even move him back in the midfield if we needed to, you know, play him out of eight. He, I feel like he'd be <laughs> fine there. He's so comfortable on the ball. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I think I, I think he's he's been good. I, I'm I, just so I, happy to not be frustrated by Barco anymore. Well, he made – so Amanda made a play – I think it was uh, Lennon was like stuck in on the sideline in our like defensive third. And Almeida just ran from the center circle, made a beeline to him, just took the ball away from the defender, from the Chicago fire guy, and just moved it on. 
I mean, he it was like he just it was like, oh for fuck's sake, I'm I'm tired of yeah. this Brooks Lennon holding up the ball. <laughs> let's just go tackle the guy who's challenging him, and let's just go. I mean, I think I mean he's 19, so he's. He's he's, and he's so, so close to just ripping one of these goals. That's, he's gonna that's, get. Man. I mean, that's the he, one thing I was gonna say about Barco. Give him credit for having some ridiculous, spectacular plays in his in yeah. his in his day. You know, yeah. he would hit some shots that were just unreal. Uh, I'm hoping some of those start showing up for Almeida. It is just, he's going it, for it. He, it. He's going for it, and he's so – it's not like the Pity Martinez that's consistently going for it, and it's wildly <laughs> off target every uh-huh. single time. You know, he, he had a couple on this too. But he had a couple, but, it, you know, Almeida <laughs> is consistently, I mean, within a – you know, a couple inches to a foot outside a goal. It seems like he's, he's consistently on target. He's taking those chances and making them count. Um, and I think it's just a matter of time before him and Gutman both are really getting on the better end of both of those chances. If they keep getting in position and keep taking them, one of them's going to drop eventually. So, so uh, one of my thoughts uh, that you'll again, probably just take out of context and run with it, Kevin is, I mean, I think Almada has, the potential to be better than Almiron. Now, whether he does that in a two-year span or it takes him longer, uh, he may even be transferred out before that even happens. But to me, uh, there's a lot of hallmarks there that he could be an incredibly special player for for this team. Wow. Wow. Big words. We'll see. Big words. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Big words. No, I... I, I agree uh, that he definitely looks like he's got some potential. I would say the thing about Almiron is he was his top speed was you know he, he would just get going and nobody could get close mm-hmm. to him and I don't think we you know no we've we've ever had another player with that kind of speed you know even even Tito it was like you know took him a minute to get to get up to speed and would just keep on going right past the end line sometimes yeah. Yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I I think that there was one play against Chicago that he looked he looked like Elmore. He looked every bit as fast as him on the ball. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it's one play. So um, see what happens. All right. Uh, turning our attention to the New England match this weekend. Uh, what's everyone's thoughts about that? Game. I hate New England. <laughs> Fair enough. Every now and then I'll just put on the 7 0 thrashing that we gave him. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, it's so good. Like, Yamil Assad crashing in number six and just celebrating. Like, it's the Is first that, Was that the game scored. with uh, Joseph setting the hat trick record? The, uh, it was, which we did, not, we did not talk about that, which now. Ronaldo Cisneros is in the Atlanta United history books with the fastest hat trick. No, no, no. I think that that Joseph one was faster, right? Isn't that? Well, it's two, no, it's it's two separate things. Like it's the fastest from the, the kickoff whistle, but it's the fast. And then Joseph's is the fastest within Uh, the shortest amount of time. Right. Right. So it's, I feel like it's two separate things. It is. It certainly is. You're both right. But yes, that that I agree. If we could get another one of those seven nothings, that would be great. <laughs> um, and I think that 
I really think that the New England game on paper seems to be the matchup of the two this week that has the possibility of going the way of what the Chicago match ultimately did and be a game where Atlanta could really run up the score a little bit and have, you know, three, maybe four goals that they are able to put away. Um, What are you guys thinking? Matt Turner's back, right? Has he, has he come back? I am not sure about Mm. that. I think he's back, which is not, not good news for us. He played against Columbus, Mm. but I mean, uh, He's Barry. the reason that they were so – I don't yes. think they were even good last year. when They set the record for points, right? I don't think they were good. I think Matt Turner drug them to a record by mm-hmm. just saving saving goals. Well, so, that's what um, – what's-his-face for Charlotte seems to be doing so far this season. Yeah, and I don't think they've, they've upgraded their squad – much no no they lost they lost people they lost uh buchanan they lost uh buchanan yeah i mean they've still got brandon by the strikers yeah and yeah they held on to carlos heel uh busk is still there and they i guess they signed altador um hopefully he doesn't have much left but um yeah that was i was really surprised actually about the drop-off between the two seasons. I thought New England would be the the only difference is Matt Turner hasn't been playing. Mm-hmm. Unless we well, think Tejon Buchanan was uh was that good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to look on there the scores. So what do you guys think for score predictions? Three one. Okay. Uh, in just one to Atlanta. Three one Atlanta win. There you uh, go. is going to score. Heinemann's yeah. going to score. And uh, Franco. Franco. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like it. I like we it. haven't had like a like a center back score off a header, you know, the cla- like off a corner. I feel like, have we done anything off of corners? We had that one Just corner. Just get scored where- on. Just get scored, scored on. Scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've realized that each match – I think every match I've seen now, there is a oh shit moment from Franco. <laughs> yep. There was one this one on Saturday. He's, was... he's definitely looked better since those first few games where he was uh, yes. so rocky. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he gets back up to where he was at the end of last season because he, he looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how good Dijon's Spanish is or Franco's English is. But... Yeah. They need to start uh, getting drinks at the bar or something together. Exactly. Uh, in just 100, 4 2 Atlanta, Elliot Beaven, 5 0 Atlanta. Whoa. Brittany S, 2 2 draw. Um, what was yours, Dan? Uh, I didn't give one for New England. So we're at home. So that's. Uh, I'll go with 2 0. I will say 2 1 Atlanta. And I think I agree. Mike, I think it is going to be um, – I think Gutman gets a brace. Oh. Gutman brace <laughs> at home. That, that, that's, a, that's a bold guess. Gutman brace. Does that mean he's going to have like 40 shots on goal? No. He's going to get two and he's going to drill them <laughs> He's going to bury him. That's going to be the way it's going right. to go. Mike's had enough. 
Mike said, fuck this. <laughs> this is some bull. Goopman Trace. Yeah, this I'm surprised he's I've heard enough. Them. I've heard enough, <laughs> and I'm not doing it anymore. Um all right. Anything else for this week? We'll just we'll just sign off while he's not even here. He'll come back. It's just an empty screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's probably got his headphones on so he can still hear us, and he's just thinking, yeah. what a pair of dicks. Yeah. Um I don't I think that's it. Um really happy. What'd you do for win. Mother's Day, Dan? What'd you do for what'd you do for Mandy? Uh we got her a gift card to a spa. Wow. to us so hopefully she actually uses that uh that's the that's the bigger challenge um and then just you know we watch, watch my kid play some more soccer games because that's what our life is turning into so, yeah oh man yeah well hopefully they're better genetically at the game than you are but that's oh well of course they are they've got their mother's chains <laughs> um christian mills by brace do you mean he gets injured i mean come on christian i mean oh, dan are you hosting black friday at usa v england oh is that black friday oh i, I probably like should that. do something oh man i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a nervous you're gonna be blacked out friday is what that's gonna be well it's just like the amount of shit i'm gonna get if us win Regardless of who I pull oh, for. We're doing an entire <laughs> World Cup episode of this podcast for that <laughs> game specifically. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. Maybe we'll do a watch party for that game. We'll find we'll find somewhere that'll that we can all go and we'll record live. That would be a fun one to do a live recording for. Oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. Thing is my kid's gonna want to watch it with me. That's fine. And I, yeah. I don't want to see him seeing me <laughs> seeing me in that state. Though he did watch the uh, the Euro finals with me, and oh man, I was screaming so loud at the TV and everything. <laughs> he witnessed me in a in a dark place. So oh man. All right. Um, well, Mike, thanks for coming on with us, man. I know you got a lot of stuff out there to plug um promote oh, no. with your website and your social media and stuff so where can the people find all your stuff at thought marker on twitter uh on instagram mike german art that's where I... and that's g-e-r-m-o-n by the mm-hmm. way yeah uh yeah so there you go awesome. so the correct pronunciation the oh my gosh it's German. Typical, typical me that would mess up the word pronunciation. Um, <laughs> it's it's German. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. Glad we finally got easy that enough. Sort of. I, I clarified after. it a while ago, but Tim likes to you know get on and performatively <laughs> mispronounce it so so often that you know can't even remember how it's supposed to go. No. Well, exactly. you know me. I am the poster child of correct pronunciation of names. John F. Breezy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so I don't think talk, he listens. There's to no the fast anymore. food takes or uh, or anything today. Oh, that's a good that's a good question. I'm trying to think <laughs> what's out there. All right, right now. Mike, I've got a question for you. Best drive-through burger. Drive-through burger. So I don't get a lot of drive-through burgers. When I do, it's McDonald's because I know what it's going to taste like. I get a McDouble, and it's dirt cheap. They almost never fuck it up. 
the key for me was always you, to go whoa, McDouble, whoa, 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 no pickles. Can you can you say they never fuck it up when it's just fucked up? It well, yeah, I mean it's it's not a high standard, but they they hit it. Uh, <laughs> wow, that is the best. Review. Anyways, but gr- Grindhouse is the is the real good burger. Grindhouse Thank and, you. And, and Argosy Thank are both uh, excellent, but they're you know not drive through. But well, that's Grindhouse what I mean. is definitely like, the way to go. No, no, yeah, but you can't you can't compare that to a. I'm talking drive-through burgers. Mm-hmm. Does Grindhouse Five Guys does Five Guys count as drive-through? No, it's fast food. It's not food. a drive-through. It's not Why a not? drive-through. I can get it to go. It's not a drive-through. <laughs> I ate, I ate a burger. I mean, do I have that... to? I feel like I feel. Like, am I going to have to explain to an American what a drive-through is? <laughs> All right, best drive-through <laughs> burger. Then I will say for me, and we don't have them here. I'd say In and Out. I'm going Whataburger. A lot of people like Whataburger. I was just in Texas and kept seeing them, and I was like, should I stop and go? And I don't, I've never had one. So it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like a McDonald's burger, but it's bigger mm-hmm. and better quality. Mm. Yeah, that sounds great. I used to be a big fan of Hardee's, man. The Hardee's burgers. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, Tim and I probably gained 20 pounds senior year just in Hardee's. It was bad. Every single every single day for lunch, we'd go get Hardee's after we had regular school lunch. Nice. <laughs> it was awesome. Second lunch. Yep. I'll give an honorable mention to Wendy's, actually. I think they do pretty good drive-thru burgers. Mm. Who's got the worst? Arby's. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> what? You really don't like Arby's at I all? I don't like Arby's. Well, no. How can you not? Because I think it's garbage. I just Damn. don't like... I don't like the shaved beef thing. That's just, not all that they the have, cheese, dude. That's not all they have. I, I used to eat a ton of Arby's. I, I haven't mean, in years, but I'm, I'm into it then. It's yeah. so good. The other the other uh, bad fast food burger that I will will get is Cookout. Just because there's so many yeah. options. Mm-hmm. Get like a, a weird shake you've never heard of. Yeah, like yeah. chicken chicken nuggets as the side. <laughs> you about to say chicken that, nuggets is, that is pretty cool. <laughs> my my go-to cookout order is pulled pork sandwich, Cajun fries, and chicken quesadilla. That's the way to go. Chicken quesadilla for a side. That's top notch. Corn dog as a side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Totally unhinged. Oh yeah. I will um I can't believe Dan. I don't like the shave room. That's like being like, I don't like McDonald's because of the filet fish Like, it's one thing, dude. Yeah, it's I mean. one that's, fucking thing. That's fine. I just, I don't know. I, just I, I ate a burger my that. last day in Texas where the patty was like twice the size of the bun. Like, like, uh, <laughs> the, like diameter. I didn't say a problem. It was I like I like a thin patty. So you but just I was got like, like what a hamburger steak what is with this? a side of bread. <laughs> so you ate yeah. it like this. I kept moving then, like, the bun around. around to try to get a bite of <laughs> yeah. bun with it. Yeah, I think that's when I realized that where I grew up had a real obesity problem. Was <laughs> when I got to an age where I was like, "Oh, have you ever had hamburger steak?" And nobody knew what I meant. And it was just this this five and dine place where I grew up. We just they made hamburger steaks, which was just grilled hamburger meat that you just get with grilled onions and cheese. It's basically a burger without the buns, like. Oh, I get it now. I'm just eating a half pound of ground beef, like 85, 25 beef, 90, 10 beef with cheese and onions and beans <laughs> on the side. Like no wonder, oh, yeah. no wonder mm-hmm. I'm pre-diabetic and 14 oh, yeah. years old. 
Yeah, but you put the cheese on there. I, I mean, it's that's that's where it is, man. It's awesome. Um, so I'm all about. I think American cheese is the best cheese to put on a burger. You really? And I'm so? a foodie. I love all sorts of shit. But that's you're gonna give me a burger. Put a shit ton of American cheese. That's where on. that's where American cheese thrives. Is on a, exactly. is melted on something like that. No, it's also really good injected into hot dogs. <laughs> The cheese-filled hot dogs or those cheese-filled ham slices that cut like the Oscar Mayer squares that have those little square chicken pox all over it. What? You've never seen the cheese-filled ham in the Oscar Mayer slices? Come on, man. Yeah, I I like that. And then the recipe where you put spaghetti through pieces of hot dog and then cook it. So the spaghetti is like... Falling out of the hot dog. <laughs> what? Hold on. I know. No, it's 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 amazing. Um, I'm, one day, one day, I'm going to do it as a potluck item. Where's Tim when I need him? Hold on. How do I do this? Is this working? Are you finding the spaghetti hot dogs? Yeah. No. If, you need to find spaghetti hot dogs if you've never seen them. Whoa! Oh God! <laughs> this is what you need right here, man. It's the ham and cheese loaf. Oh no! Look, it's got cheese in the ham, Mike. It's got so it's cheese. Just like, in it's just the like ham. little bits, like uh, it's got little bits of it in there. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's um, I think that's cancer. That that's is what that is. Look, I love how the meat doesn't have any marbling to it. It's just like no. a monolithic color. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Comes out like that. Comes out, beautiful. comes off the pig just like that. All right. Um, um, well, before we go, I have another uh, maybe controversial take. I think Chick fil A chicken biscuits are garbage. I the think spicy you, chicken biscuits are the best. If you take the chicken from a Chick fil A biscuit and then put it in a Bojangles biscuit, then you have perfection. But, but as why it would is you, by itself, why would you not do just a Cajun filet biscuit from Bojangles? You fool. I don't think the chicken is that good from what it's dry. No, no, no. Also, I will partly agree with you on the Chick-fil-A side of things only because spicy chicken biscuit was top tier. Do they have those again? No, they're all out. They they stopped selling. I whenever I found out I was actually going to get breakfast at Chick Fil A, I walked inside because the drive through was too long. I walked inside, looked another person in their eyes, ordered a spicy chicken biscuit. They said, "Nope, we don't sell those anymore." And I said, "Forget it." And I walked out and didn't order a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think of this uh, Chick Fil A chicken nuggets uh, on a made a, make a little sandwich out of like a a Krispy Kreme donut hole? With the oh, with the Chick Fil A nugget, that's yeah. what I want to do. Whoa, yeah. that's that's you my dream. You can have to be like hot lamp, Krispy Kreme donut holes. I don't know. Wait, Man, I'm I thinking you cut, like you cut got, it in half. You've got to be real like, careful with the cutting mm-hmm. the donut hole because it yeah. can it can collapse. But that yeah, that oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to do that. And so, I'm diabetic. I don't have to do So that. Mills says the spicy chicken biscuit is back. It says in select cities. I heard a rumor cities. that it was coming back. Uh, it says select cities. I'm not getting my hopes up until this has been reported on. I'm not, you would I think refuse. that Atlanta would 
be one of those selections. <laughs> you Surely. would think, Surely. but I'm not. No, I'm not falling for this. Somebody <laughs> needs to let me know first. I refuse to be the guinea pig. Oh, man. Fantastic. Well, I think everyone else has left anyway. Oh, no, Carlos yeah. is back. I think we've satisfied everyone's hunger for... Everybody left to go to fucking cook yeah. out this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Mike, thanks again for hopping on with us. Yeah, it was thanks, a blast. Mike. I'm definitely having Thank you, back you man. I'm soon. glad... Uh... Glad it worked out. Glad uh, to actually be here while you guys are shooting, or you know, while you're recording this time. I usually listen the next day and have all kinds of all kinds of comments. Yeah, yeah see, you're, you're not like, as frustrated. <laughs> you're so yeah. pissed. It's off. a lot. <laughs> it's a lot harder to be frustrated when you're engaged with uh-huh. it. But now, listen, you'll go back and listen tomorrow, and you'll be pissed oh at yourself. God. You're gonna be pissing yeah. yourself. Like what a fucking idiot! <laughs> it's just I don't even was, believe that. that. I don't even <laughs> agree with myself. Who is this talking? It's. People think yeah. it's easy, but it's, it's no, not no. I will, I will not listen to myself talk. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll never hear this. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you, the rest of you, for tuning in with us. You can find us all collectively on Twitter at Home Before Dark. That's before spell B and the number four. Uh, I'm not even worried about the other platforms at this point because it's a waste of time. Um, well, it's not a waste of time, however. Being sure to like and subscribe leave a rating or a review on iTunes to hear it read aloud on the show. Um, and be sure to hit that bell icon on YouTube to get a notification each and every time we go live to join the lovely people in the trap like all of you have tonight. So thank you so much. We love the hell out of you. And we'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. You can follow me at DanJMS. Nobody cares. <laughs> Fucking hell, Kevin. I mean, I've got a lot of bots following me now, so I'm about ready to monetize. What's the song you guys play at the end of the show? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.